Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, Justin, how are you? It's Tommy Bryson. How can I help you? Oh, um, so quick question. So, are like for these health videos, are you like um uploading them on the Tommy Bryson channel or? Yeah. So just so you know, these videos are recorded and potentially might be uploaded to the Axe Tommy Bryson channel, the new channel. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I gotta check that channel up. Um, yeah. So. Uh, no, I was just gonna just like talk about like um you know just like your journey like I know like uh I watched you for a while and you mentioned that you know you graduated and you became an accountant right mm -hmm. and then um from there I think you said you were doing like sixty thousand from your business as an accountant right something around there something like that yes what I did was when I grad before I graduated as an accountant I started going to small businesses and offering my services as an accountant. Also helping, for example, with personal finance and their whole budgeting and also helping them fund capital. So I was doing all that stuff. So by the time I graduated, I had that business actually starting out. But even before that, before I started like growing and growing, I also have, for example, another job. So when I graduated, I had a job and I also had the business. And then I stopped the business. I mean, the job when the business made me enough money. And at the highest point, it was making me around $8,000 a month at the highest point. So times 12, that's around $96,000 a year. Got you. Yeah. Got you. And then so now you're like full-time YouTube, right? So right now I'm full-time YouTube. That's what I do. So right now I just have the like three channels and this is basically what I do. Do you get like ever worried about like just like relying on YouTube where you think it's like kind of like, I mean, I think you had a comfy spot with YouTube where even if it does like do bad, like you still have views coming in because you do a lot of evergreen content. That's a, uh, that's a great language. Um, The answer is... I'm always worried. I'm always I'm always good, but I'm never satisfied, right? I'm always moving forward. So YouTube is great. It's good for money, but not if all you want is money. YouTube is stopped tomorrow. I don't own YouTube. Google owns YouTube. So I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So that's why 95% of all the money I made from YouTube just goes towards investing. Like literally all yeah. the money I made from YouTube just goes towards investing. Gotcha, because I also have a YouTube channel and like my thing is more with like uh, stocks. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, I've just had like almost 2K, right? Um, just like, just trying to go, uh, you know, being consistent. Um, mm -hmm. So what was like your when you first started uh, YouTube? Like, um, like I mean, I, obviously I know you had other channels in the past, but mm -hmm. like how long um, until you started seeing like consistent growth in the main channel? So have you started making any money yet from YouTube or are you just going to start Oh, so like I'm monetized. I, like I like last month I made two hundred dollars, and then off like uh, what you call it, um, affiliate links. Like I made like a thousand, but you that's know that's awesome. not really, It's like kind of like not consistent. Um, yeah. So I really like not to count that at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I'm really just gonna grow the AdSense and grow the channel overall. But um, what what like what point like what size the channel until you started seeing it like grow uh, consistently? I think we were around like um there's always growth going on, you know what I'm saying, from the very beginning. So when I when I started the finance channel, we had around two K subscribers. One K mm -hmm. subscribers were actually fake because I actually bought a thousand subscribers back then. And then one K oh. was basically from like eleven years of hard work of just like trying different things out. Mm -hmm. And then when I started the finance channel, I was posting literally every single day. After like around I'll say like month six to months month eight that's when i saw like okay this, this is making me some money like it was like 30 dollars 50 dollars a day but again i was still making money from like accounting business and also for example like my normal job so i didn't really need youtube for money but i wanted to work it up until i made some money from it that was the overall goal
And you said it was like at thirty dollars a day. Yeah, I was like, I mean, okay. So if you're asking me, Tommy, when do I know that YouTube is making me enough money to quit my job? Is that what you're asking me? Oh no, I mean, I I would know when, but I was just saying, like, when did mm -hmm. you see it like drastically? Like, what what helped you like go from like you know thirty dollars a day to like maybe one hundred dollars a day? Just posting content and helping people. I mean, the, the dollar number is great, right? Like seeing money come in, but the more people you help and the more content you create, like that's that's all that, that that's all that works, right? So if you go from up on one person to 10 people to a thousand to a million, obviously you'll start to make more money. Got you, got you. True, true. And do you ever feel like you, like you won't see like growth as like the, the bigger uh, finance YouTubers just because of like, uh, like, you know, being honest, like um, what you call it, you know how you're Dominican, um, mm -hmm. and it's like, like kind of like seeing like, you know, I don't, you know what I'm trying to like the area I'm trying to like go to say what you want to say. Yeah. Well, you know, like how, you know, like we're like, for example, a lot of people, what I see like in, in the finance niche that are kind of mm -hmm. like either Spanish or, or uh, black, you know, we always kind of say like, man, it kind of feels harder to grow. Cause we also see like our white counterparts that kind of mm -hmm. like are at the same level with us grow, mm -hmm. um, uh, significantly faster, even though they're not like maybe making you know um, even better content. You know, it's just sometimes we just mm -hmm. feel like uh, they just appeal to a more mass audience. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was something that, like you know, I spoke to Richard Fain in the past, and you know, he agreed, but he said you know, um, it, it's just something you have to deal with. So I was just wondering, do you ever feel like that? Has ever like stifled your growth? Um, I felt like that once, and it was when uh, when I hit 100k. And I never got a plaque. And they told me, oh, we just don't think um, your channel is a channel that we actually like um, give plaques out to because, you know, op it's optional. And right then when I when I felt like that, I was like, all right, stop this victim mentality and just keep working towards what you're going to work for. You don't need any validation from anyone. And, you know, everyone's yeah. every, everyone's like um, growth is different. You know, I don't I don't care what you are. There's a lot of people trying out, like whether you're white, um, you're black, you're, you're um, Spanish, whatever you are. I don't really care. I, I think when I when I read on the story about Can't Break Me by David Goggins, it just changed my entire perspective. Like you have this guy that's a black guy um, growing up when people were actually like super racist back then and still mm -hmm. growing up to become David Goggins, like a, like a, like a, like a massive legend. So I don't think about any of that stuff. Like I don't I don't really care about I think. Oh, yeah. here, here Here's the idea. Right. I used to be very like comparative because I'm very like um very um competitive like oh it's be like okay so Graham has this many subs I want to get there also but then I started basically competing against myself and the more you do that the more you improve so if I was making a video a day how do I make two a day if I was making two how do I make four and right now me and Danny my editor he's um he's um from Vietnam also he we're making around like six to ten videos a day. I want it's oh just like competing yeah just competing against yourself so I wouldn't five to five to ten yeah five to ten but we I don't I don't compete with anybody else like I just focus on myself and and I'm just like stealing souls that's what David Goggins says so you just put in the work whatever you want to do and don't focus on anything else like whether you're it's like it's like having like a handicap if you focus on that like oh yeah. you're black or you're this like just don't focus on that it, it doesn't matter and I have people that follow me that are I don't even know <laughs> those like what they are you know just like if I can help anyone I just help people I, I really don't care I'm happy I grew up like in 2021 and not like um the 1800s it'll be different back then but today is a yeah, lot yeah. more it's, it's it's a lot more different you know what I mean so anyone can do whatever they want to do yeah I mean I see it in my subscribers like I, you know I'm Dominican but I don't like kind of like put it out there um right but i do see that most of my subscribers tend to be like either hispanic 
Um, so I was just like wondering, like, hmm, is that like just because like um, you know, people tend to like mm-hmm. uh, watch people who they, uh, you know, look similar to. So that's mm-hmm. what I was just. It's also psychology, right? Like, um, it's all like it's. I always tried, for example, when I was in high school, not to hang out with a certain type of person, like with what I'm comfortable with. I can easily come to America, hang out only with Spanish people, and before you know it, I don't even know how to speak English, right? You see that a lot with a lot of people. Yeah. I always put myself on uncomfortable places. For example, I would talk to all the people, be friends with everyone, and that way I get a healthy mix. But obviously, people are going to basically lean forward to whatever they're very comfortable with. So if you are a certain nationality, most likely you're going to try to attract those people. But in reality, these days, people... I don't, I don't really see any of that stuff, man. It's probably because I don't focus on it. But these days, it's yeah. all about, like, if you make good content, whether you buy good content from a Chinese guy or from made in U.S. or made in Bangladesh, all you care about is the product, right? Is it cheap? Is it yeah. good? Does it give you value? That's all you care about. Got you, got you. Awesome, and don't awesome. and don't be don't be afraid to like um to say like where you're from or any of that stuff because it gives when when I when I say I'm Dominican, it's it's kind of to say like oh look I'm Dominican, I I was there until I was, I was seven years old. We moved around a lot, but it gives people the idea that hey it doesn't matter who you are where you come from, you can achieve whatever you want. There there in my opinion, there's nothing special about me, at all. Mm-hmm. Like all I am is just the work of compound interest. When it comes to knowledge, when it comes to YouTube, when it comes to success, it's just putting in work. Doesn't matter who you yeah. are, where you're coming from, none of that stuff. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, when do you plan on like uh, moving to Florida, man? Well, the plans has changed, man. Um, initially, I was going to Miami, and then it was too expensive, obviously. And then I said Fort Myers, but then Fort Myers was kind of like a little bit too weird for me. Like, okay, it was like a little bit, like a lot a, a lot of older folks over there. So not really my vibe. And then I said Tampa. We, My girlfriend actually, my fiance went down there to check it out. She actually loved it a lot. But then I spoke to my accountant and we figured out that basically Puerto Rico is going to be the best choice. Because the tax is only 4%. 4%. So that's going to be the vibe for, um, for we're going to go in April to check it out, see how it is. If we like it, it's going to be Puerto Rico. If we don't like it, it's going to be Tampa. So you have first choice Puerto Rico, second choice is Tampa. I wonder how like that actually works with the taxes because I know like because uh, I'm in Florida now I'm you know moved from New York to Florida and you know mm-hmm. we don't have like a state income tax mm-hmm. so uh, like with Puerto Rico like I know it's not technically a state do they like not have state income tax as well or. They don't have state income taxes. Well, they do have like their own state income taxes, but the overall thing is basically, you know, when you have an LLC, you probably have one yeah. with your YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know how like um your overall income gets taxed. So if you make fifty k, that gets taxed federally and also the state level and also like um the whole like um unemployment tax, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go to Puerto Rico, they only tax you four percent on the income you actually made. That's it. And the income you pay yourself as a salary, you get taxed federally, yes, and all that stuff. But in reality, that's it. So you get to save a bunch of money from taxes. That's why you saw, for example, Ty Lopez. I think Logan Paul is also going and and, a few, and and Jason Capital. A few people go to Puerto Rico because basically if you make a million dollars and you pay for yourself, if you pay yourself, for example, like 400K on that 600K, you only pay, for example, 4% and you have you can avoid everything else. Gotcha. And then I think they have like something. I got to look it up. I might make a video on it. Who knows? Um, but mm-hmm. like there's something capital gains tax i think there's like no capital gains tax in Puerto I, I think i think that's um no it's um it, it falls under different acts right and there's different like things you have to do so i think that's called act 22 or act 20 and the idea is mm-hmm. that if you don't want to get capital gains tax then in reality you have to buy a home over there and like the filing fee is like five thousand dollars and it's like a few things out there but if you make a lot of money 
and you have a lot of money coming to Technic Capital Gains, then you're good to go. Like it'll save you a lot of money. But if you're if you're just like getting started, most likely it's not be lucrative enough to actually go there for that. We actually are going to go over there under the Export Act. I think that's Act 20 or Act 22. And since I'm exporting yeah. shows in Puerto Rico over to the U.S. through the whole like um YouTube thing, that's considered, mm -hmm. and that's how I can actually qualify for it. Got you, got you. You don't ever plan on like moving back to the Dominican Republic for like how cheap it is. It's not cheap, man, because it, it, cheap is cheap is relative, right? Dominican Republic, like the food is crazy expensive. The only thing positive about that place that I go every single year for is like my grandma and my family. My whole family's down there. As far mm -hmm. as, for example, like I'm living there, the taxes are very expensive. Like it's going to be like 25% mm -hmm. in taxes. So that's the only reason I won't, I won't go. But once I become financially free and I don't have to worry about those things anymore, maybe like in three to five years, seven years, then if I want to live there, I can. I, I, I plan on having a property there because my family is there and like I can go over there, stay like five months or so on. But to live there, um, that's that's not what I want to do. It's it's um it's a cool place, but it's like, you know, the town where we come from, it's like there's barely any internet, barely any electricity sometimes. And like, you know, there's not a lot of movement going on, not a lot of progress. Got you, got you. So what's your thoughts? Like, when you know, you said that you put all your money to investments. Is it like all stocks or is it like a real estate? Because I just got like my first property this year, but I kind of feel like I still always choose stocks over real estate. So I just how old, how old are you? Oh, I'm a 20. I just turned 25. You're 25 and you live in Florida. You got such your first property. Yeah, I just got like a condo downtown Orlando. Mm hmm. How much did it cost? Um, so it was like 154,000 and, um, I put like 5% down. So it was really just like 7,000 seller co uh, covered the closing costs. Um, mm -hmm. and the goal is just to be here for one year and mm -hmm. then next year, like just rent it out and try to get like a next property and just continue like just doing that cycle. And then eventually also like start refinancing and cashing out and, mm -hmm. you know, just, just repeating, you know, what do you do for work? Uh, so I actually work at the bank, and then I also like uh, swing trade on like on my days off, you know. Mm-hmm. Here, I actually wanted to be a, a teller once. I remember when I first saw um, when I was in college, I, I wanted to be a teller so bad. Thank God it didn't work out for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know those jobs are you have to be in there twenty four seven. But as far yeah. as like um, where I put my money right now. I would say like 90, well, not, not 95, like, like mo most of my money is going towards like investing into investing. I mean, for example, investing into ETFs and also index funds. That's basically what I invest into. I don't pick any stocks right now or anything like that. As far as like yeah. real estate, when I get into real estate, I wanted to follow that formula you're following so bad. It's called like the, like the Burr formula where you buy, you, you rehab, you do all this stuff, you refinance and you, and you know, you repeat. But then the problem mm -hmm. with that is basically, as you asked me before, right? YouTube money can stop at any moment, right? So when you follow this formula, there's, there's, there's one thing that's, there's a problem here, right? You have maintenance and you have vacancies, right? So if you have any vacancies going on, cause basically what you're doing is, all right, you buy a property 154, right? Now mm -hmm. you rent this out, you rent this out, right? So now basically somebody else is paying it. But however, if you have like 10 properties or five properties and now you have a few vacancies and you don't have a job anymore, well, how do you cover that? So it's always that issue. And, and also on top of that, you have like a massive amount of debt because basically you're putting down 3.5% or maybe 5% down here. But that's not how I would, I would do it. The way I would do it is basically my financial plan is usually I want to take care of myself first. So that means getting financial freedom first, meaning I have enough money in the stock market to pay me passive income. I own my house like cash free, like basically like no mortgage or nothing on it. It's just like my house for like my family. Once it's taken care of, okay. If I want to buy real estate, I'll put down 20% down. 
uh, rented out. I use the proceeds from the from the from the renter to go ahead and pay the mortgage, and on top of that, I'll put extra money towards the mortgage to pay it off 100%, and then I'll move to the next property. But that way, you basically erase any risks of having any defaults whatsoever or worrying about too much about vacancies because that way you just own everything. That's how I plan yeah. to do it. It's a lot slower. Yeah. A lot yeah, slower, but less yeah. risk. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm all about, you know, obviously trying to mitigate the risk as well. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I just feel like for real estate, I kind of feel like leverage is like, you know, the, the tool that you want to use. But I definitely understand that like then when you have the vacancies, that definitely yeah. you know, could affect Oh. Leverage, leverage is a two-sided sword, you know, and it, and it, and it's not really like a, it's it's like a it's like a how do I say this? It's like it's right. like a shortcut. It's a shortcut, right? Oh, it's a shortcut yeah, yeah. To, to buy like a, like a lot of properties. And you have the for example the stock market, right? You have you have for example, oh, you want to do margins, do margins. You want to do options, do options. You want to do whatever you want to do, just do whatever you want to do. You make a lot of money, right? But the person that's most successful when it comes to um, investing tells you don't borrow money. Charlie Munger, which is someone that basically got into real estate, would tell you, hey, be careful with too much leverage. It's, it's very dangerous. So when you build this house of cards where you have all this massive debt and it relies on everything going perfect in your life, that's not what I want to do. I want to build a life where basically if anything goes wrong, it doesn't matter financially. I'll be OK. Got you. Got you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that's a cool like investing plan. Awesome. So what's the, the new channel kind of like? The Ask Me The Ask Me Bryson channel? Yeah. It's just, so it's just the Yeah, this Yeah, it's just to talk to you guys directly. That's all it is. So because you know, YouTube yeah. is great, posting videos is great, and reacting to videos are great, but talking to you guys directly is just different, you know. Like it's just like seeing a real connection between two individuals and just like talking about like questions they have and what I what's on my mind, all that stuff. That's why I'm doing it. Just to talk to you guys directly. So you're uh, still twenty four, right? I'm still twenty four, I just got here. <laughs> Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. yeah. So, and then, uh, so right now, you're still, you're still living with your mom? Yeah, yeah. So right now, I still live here. Well, she hasn't been here, like, in over five months because she's been in DR because, you know, she's just staying over there. But I still live yeah. here. Um, In June or so, I'll be leaving to save money on taxes. But if I were staying in New York, I would still be in, in, in my mom's house. I'll be fine with that. But, you know, because I am getting married pretty soon, and because it, I think when it comes to staying at home with your parents... You have to leave when, when like, you're in a way, like, when it makes sense financially. I remember I spoke to my counselor back in high school, and he told me, Tommy, don't be in a rush to leave home. That's the only thing I regret doing. I left so early to the point where I didn't have any money to actually, like, save or invest or do anything like that. Staying here okay. and paying, for example, $200 a month, by the way. That's all I yeah, pay, I $200. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, a small amount of money. It allows me to, okay, I have my own space. I help my mom with some money if she needs money. I'm close to my family. But it allows me to also just like um, invest a ton of money. And now that I'm 24 years old and I have a net worth of, of a decent amount of money, I can say, OK, I'm going to move. But I'm fine. You know, I don't have any debt. Everything's fine. I, I didn't rush anything. Yeah, yeah I didn't move out to uh, 24 either. Um, you know, That's I used awesome. to kind of feel like bad about it, though. You know, like, oh, man, yeah. you know, I still live with my parents. Um, you know, I didn't like go to like college. Oh, I did go to college, but I didn't do the whole like dorm uh, apartment mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes like. Like, oh, man, am I missing out on the experiences and this and that? Like, you know, um, mm -hmm. so that was just like one thing. Sometimes I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm like ahead in life and a lot of yeah. my peers. Yeah. Um, but I'm like sometimes I'm like, do you like what? What did I miss? Do you ever feel like you missed out on anything or you're just like, nah, <laughs> if I I can't I can't I can't 
I can't take back anything that happened to me, like as far as college, because you know I met my fiance there, and I found out about like um like finance there and stuff like that. But if I could do it all over again and still keep what I have today, like my fiance and like my knowledge, I would have never like gone to like like a private school or anything like that. I would have gone right here, like for the two year school. I would have gotten a job, go to college, pay for the whole thing in cash. Um, do I feel bad that I stay with my mom? I, I think that's like a stigma, man. Like the whole thing, like, um, especially like in movies, you know, like it's 18 years old, move out, like, go to college, you stay there in a dorm. And then the thing yeah. is, if you want to be an average person, you do exactly what the average person is doing, which is going to college, the dorm there, they graduate with like $36,000 in student loan debt, they get a car, a car payment, they get a house, crazy mortgage. They do everything kind of like the perfect way, like in the movies. And before you know it, you're living like the Joneses, where basically you're one paycheck away from ruining your entire life. I I, I don't care about what anybody's doing. I care more about like, hey, what what, what works best for me and my family and what I want to achieve. So if you, if you stop like um living with your parents at 24, I'm guessing it was because that it made sense for you financially, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I didn't all, go into any at all, like for college or anything, you know. That's good. That's awesome. And I'm guessing, you know, it's also like a like like a nationality thing, you know. Um, Hispanic parents are a lot more open to that, but um, yeah. But other parents, some some parents, I think it's just like a, like American parents, like they're really like, oh, just move out, move out, and it will be okay to just move out, like um, as soon as you like you leave, as soon as like you get a kid, like when they graduate, like debt free. And they have a job lined up. That's awesome, you know. Like you're just staying home for no reason. But if you're just like on a bunch of debt, you don't know what you're gonna do. That can be a problem. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like I, I just saw it because I had a my ex. She was like American, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she, at 18, went to the dorms. You know, had that like whole party life. And then yeah. she graduated, maybe like twenty thousand dollars worth of debt. And then she became a nurse, um, making sixty thousand. So sometimes I'm like, hmm, you know, like I mean, it, it, what like is it too bad? But I mean, I'm still ahead where it's like. I'm making like the same, if not more, um, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also with no debt. So I'm like, I'm like, I guess it's like something that only time will see. Like, did like, was no, I able t- to? Time, like- time, time won't see, man. Because what you're talking about is experiences, right? That's all BS, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like whether you went to dorm or whatever, you still have like good quality friends that you have around you, which I'm, I'm pretty sure you do in some way. And in reality, you think about it like this, right? This girl makes 60k. She graduated with 20k in student loan debt. But remember, right, you have four, like, walls to a budget. You have, for example, the food, the transportation, the shelter, and also, for example, trans- like, what is it called? Transportation? You have food? There, there's yeah. one more to it. But overall, like, she has to cover all her expenses and also try to pay her student loan debt. A lot of people basically, they build a life where they don't have enough money for that. But you right now, the only thing wrong with your, like, entire budget, in my, in my opinion, would be like, hey, you buy the house and you put way too little in. But if you're going to stay there and pay it off as possible, that's fine with me, right? But... You didn't miss out on anything, man. Nothing whatsoever. You lived there. I, I did like the whole like like college like dormant for like like a month because we went over to Pittsburgh, and it was just it, it's cool. Like you live with other people. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. But is it worth twenty thousand? Is it worth fifty thousand? A hundred k student loan debt? The answer is no, not at all. Gotcha. You didn't gotcha. miss out on anything, bro. You're good. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. All right, man. Well, look, I'm actually going to head out because I'm actually uh, going to go back to edit, like, uh, the rest of this video. You know, i got to try to yeah. be consistent. Like, well, shout um, out your channel, yeah. man. Shout out your channel. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, my name, Justin Pernillo. I just talk about, like, investing and also day trading. I also talk about, like, real estate uh, here and there. But it's mostly just, uh, you know, technical analysis and options. How long have you been doing um, day trading for? Uh, so I started, like, in 20... 20- well, okay, so in 2016, I, like, downloaded Robinhood, and I was just, like, investing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in, like, 2018 was when I got into, like, day trading. So, like, day trading and investing 
are two like separate you know things yeah. where it's like you know investing and day trading is like the active income um and then with you know day trading that's how like how i'm able to like you know add just more active income like along with my job at like in fraud investigations at the bank so mm-hmm. kind of that's why like a, you know decent salary and then you know i'm not counting like the investing because that's just like something that like i'm not going to touch till like you know <laughs> for a long time yeah you know? yeah so. and you've been doing so you've been there for, for three years almost day trading yeah pretty much yeah do you know like your profit and loss so far like how much money have you made like um on years like when have you lost money when have you made money yeah so um 2018 was like the first year where i just started like just like day trading right and the mm-hmm. first year was like four thousand then uh 2019 was like fifteen thousand 2020 was twenty five thousand but i mean 2000 like sometimes I, I like i'm not sure if like last year was just because you know um, yeah yeah everything that went on well you know what i mean yeah uh, so so i'm not sure you know we'll see how like funny i just you know i just that's why i still have the job though because like i don't want to like go full-time day trading just yeah. yet and how many so hours like of work would you yeah. say like you work on day trading every single day to earn that money Oh yeah, yeah. So I I have like a like a weird bank schedule where it's like I go in at like twelve and I leave mm-hmm. at nine, and mm-hmm. I do this just because, so like every day in the morning I have like two hours to trade. Um, most of the time, like the trades will be done in like maybe ten minutes because I'm only looking for like a good opportunity to like get in and out, um, mm-hmm. like a scalp trade, and um, that's it, you know. And then like some days I don't even hit like if I don't see anything that I'm willing to take like a trade on, I'll just you mm-hmm. know not take a trade and just go to work. So that's why I like. I'm balancing, you know, investing, trading, going to work, and then also now YouTube. And on a daily basis, like how much, like how often do you lose money? And how much um, do you usually so, lose? Yeah, so you know, I try to keep it at like one percent. Now, like I like originally the goal was like, okay, you know, if you could do uh, two hundred dollars a day, right? You, that's oh. you know considered like six figures, right? But then mm-hmm. I stopped like having that mindset just because like. You cannot, you can't, like, it's not every day you're going to, like, win. And, like, I, I say, like, $200 a day, like, for the whole month average. You know, that's, like, what the goal is, is for this this year. But, um, you know, like, it, like I try to, I keep my losses at 1%. I mean, there's some weeks where it's, like, I go the whole week green. And then mm-hmm. there's some weeks where it's, like, I'll have, like, literally every single day uh, red. But it's, like, I, mm-hmm. my goal is just to, like, you know, for the month, uh, you know, still make a profit and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just what we call it. Um, reduce the risk at like one percent. So I like I don't I don't use stop losses. Um, I use like mental stop losses. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's I can't really say like each day is like you know how much because it, it, like it could be like a whole like few weeks all green and then you know it's just one bad day could ruin it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I want to do eventually, which would be cool, would be like create like some type of software that like basically um, <laughs> you know like read like track everyone's trading stuff so they could just like analyze it better because that'd be actually a, a cool thing to look at does you track does you track um trading like um activities so you can like basically get a trend out of it yeah well no no just like trade like track like your your, your p and l like um you know how like you know right now you just like kind of put it in an excel sheet or you kind of think yeah. about it uh, or write it down like it'd be cool to like have like some type of software uh <laughs> you know like in the future for someone to like develop where like it shows you all the days you went red all the days you went green mm-hmm. show you what ticket symbols you did well in um and kind of just like also say what time of the day like just provide you know how like youtube has analytics like just provide yeah, like yeah. analytics like to review like what's going on with your trading strategy you know so that'd be kind of cool and let me ask you a question justin is that like your your, your long-term strategy like um day trading or do you want to basically like um get into like more passive income where it's not that much risk involved 
Um, I mean, I try to just funnel all my uh, day trading profits into investing. Um, into long term so, like, investing. I, well, yeah, well, long term investing. Yeah. So, um, you know, day trading is just like just for like active income, just because I like doing it, and um, you know, just like just keeping up with the market. But like the goal mm -hmm. is to obviously just keep funneling it into like my long term investment. What would you say right now is like your ratio? Like, how much do you put into like um into like into like normal investing, like long term, and then into like um into day trading? So for day trading, are you saying like how much I use? Yeah, I mean for for the rule I have is like ninety ten, where you put ninety percent of your money into like real investments and then ten percent into like having fun and more speculation. Like, what would you say is like your ratio? Like as far as that, like do you do fifty fifty? Um, I mean, I would say it's like ninety ten. Just like I mean, like let me try to explain it. So like I'll trade with thirty thousand, um, and at the end of the month, whatever I made. I'll put that all straight into like the investing account. So it's like let's say I made thirty thousand. I mean, I'm trading with thirty thousand. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a good month. I made like you know, let's say just like five thousand or something like that. That five thousand, um, I immediately just put it back into like investing long term, and then I mm -hmm. start fresh for thirty thousand. Now, if I have a month where like I you know lose, which you know obviously that that's gonna happen, um, mm -hmm. I won't like like I won't bring it back. I'll just leave it there. So if it's like I'm down to like twenty six thousand. Then for the month, I'll just trade for 26 and then try to get it over 30. Whatever is over 30, you know, you just put it away. So, like, let's say mm -hmm. I go down to 26. Next month, I bring it up to 31. I'm mm -hmm. only putting 1,000 away. So, so when you yeah. start, so, so, so when you started back in 2018 and you made 4K, how much were you trading with? Oh, back then, I used to just trade with, like, maybe, like, 15,000. Um, 15, the only 000. reason I trade with 30,000 is just because of, like, the pattern day trading rule where it's, like, you need $25,000, um, you know, you need to be above that threshold to uh, have unlimited day trade. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason I just use that number, 30000 And do you, do you have to replenish it, like, often? Or do you just, like, always, like, you've been leaving it like that for, like, a, like a long time now, like, just on 30 k Like, for example, yeah, like, um, do you ever run out of money, like, got, like below 25000 to where you have to say, like, hey, I have to put more money in so it can meet, like, the threshold? No, no, never, never, really, no, because that's the whole reason why, like, I... I um have the I cut my losses because that's something that like it's kind of like a weird psychology where in like trading like you hate losing but like you you have to like if you're wrong you're just wrong like get out mm -hmm. you know because then uh, you become like kind of like what they call like a bag holder and you just don't want to you don't want to do that you know just like it's like you got to trade with no emotion basically and yeah. if you're red just get out and um you know you just gotta like reflect on it look at like you know what could have possibly made you make that trade was it like impulse yeah, um, and then you know get back in, but I never have to like put money from like my uh, what you call it um, investing account or just from my mm -hmm. like personal back into like the trading account. The trading mm -hmm. account is just like you know it'll go down, but I'll bring it back up. Um, and if I don't bring it back up, then I just like continue trading. But it hasn't hit below twenty five thousand because I try to just like I said mitigate the risk as much as I can. So if you have like thirty k for day trading, like how much would you say you have, for example, in your normal investment account? So the normal investing account is around like right now like sixty thousand. Sixty, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're, you're like, so yeah, you're you're like fifty fifty right now, bro. That's what that means. Oh, you think it's fifty fifty then? Well, not fifty fifty. It's more like um, you have sixty k in one account and then thirty in one account. So yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thirty is just so I could use it. Like I like I I guess I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you're right. Cause that's like you're deploying capital, so that's that money is there for speculation. By the way, when you're picking like one of these, like when you're picking like on the end of these trades, like what would you say is like your mentality, like going into a trade, like what are you looking for, and how are you picking them? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I use an indicator on TD Ameritrade. It's called Linear Aggression Channels. Um, and it's kind of, it's like a weird indicator because, like, I've used so many other, like, indicators, like, um, you know, the SMA, the um, uh, VWAP indicators, but they trade, like, they look at, like, volume and the average price. And mm -hmm. what's funny about, like, the linear regression channel is just that it's not, like, calculating anything, really. It's just going, like, yeah, as far as, like, the, the volume or anything, it's just literally finding the price. Like, let's say Tesla, like, went from, like, this week from 100 to 120, um, it's literally just doing like the linear regression equation and like seeing what areas was it at like in general and then drawing a straight line and like I don't know why <laughs> like it works so well so mm -hmm. I just like wait things to uh, hit like to like not only touch the linear regression channel because like like here's the thing like when it comes to like trading I don't just look at like support and just buy at the support I wait for something mm -hmm. to hit the bottom but then show that confirmation that it's gonna start going back up then mm -hmm. I'll buy into it. If you just buy it just because it touched the bottom, you don't know if it's just going to be breaking below that bottom. You want to mm -hmm. wait for that confirmation. So that's really just my strategy, just waiting for things to hit like a low and then bouncing up for the confirmation to enter in and then mm -hmm. exiting at like a resistance. Okay. And you're like, you're like holding on to like um, these shares like um, for like minutes or like um, for days. How are you doing it? Oh, uh, so I, it's, it's just like for a few minutes, just like, you know, like max maybe 10 minutes and then I max get out. Minutes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one thing I, I'm, I'm sure you know from being like a you're, you're a risk assessment manager or like a fraud a fraud assessment manager at a bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one thing I'm sure you know is that you want to play a game where the odds are in your favor, right? I'm pretty sure you know that. And yeah, yeah. The one thing like with with um with day trading is like eighty percent of you guys probably lose money, and then the ones that do make money usually are from selling courses and all that stuff. So it's a game where like the odds are always in your favor, and you're also relying, for example, like on like. Like programs and all this stuff. And by the way, there there are books in this stuff. I'm not saying what you're doing is like um is is incorrect or whatever. But I'm saying that's not the game I would want to play. Cause like the odds are like not in your favor, and you're not really basing it on any like um the valuation of the actual company. But it's more about like I think this is gonna do this based on this formula, and that's not really based on the company. Cause at the end of the day, what you are trading is just like a company, right? It's a company with real employees, real customers, real um values, um income, profits, everything, right? So I'm happy that. It sounds like, Tommy, I'm playing this game, but I'm also investing. I'm trying to figure out the whole real estate thing. If you were just day trading, I would be very, very worried. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the whole thing about, like, 80% of the people failing, I kind of feel like that's kind of, like, a bad representation because the thing is you have to consider that with trading, it's so, like, there's no barriers to entry, right? For example, mm -hmm. I just bought the first property, and I realized, like, with real estate, one of the reasons why, like, not so many people get into it is because, it's, it's you need first of all the, the proof of income for two years mm -hmm. um, need a, there's just like a lot of barriers to enter right so when it comes to day trading it's kind of one of the easiest things to enter people see like the people selling the courses um and so they're like okay well you know i'll just like download Robinhood mm -hmm. or you know td reuse and they kind of just put this money in and they trade and then they lose and it's kind of like you know like for example doctors um you know nurses whatever mm -hmm. career like go through like four years of like kind of like this structured learning like you're, and then even with doctors it's actually longer you have like the residency and stuff like that before you even you know cut someone mm -hmm. open so i feel like mm -hmm. trading like it's like if there was like some type of restriction or like barrier to entry where it's like okay not someone who just turned 18 could just download an app and put money into it like if yeah. there was something like some regulations i feel like the number would be different because i just feel like a lot of people get into it then they lose the money and then and they, then they um, leave and they leave so that's why i always like tell people like before you even start like do something called paper trading 
and do that mm-hmm. for you know as long as you need to until you start seeing that like you kind of understand what's going on and I mean, you see your that, that's going, a, that, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good assessment. However, though, if you think about it, right? If yeah, if yeah. if I gave you a thousand dollars to trade with, mm-hmm. and I grab a thousand dollars and I put it, for example, in the in the S and P five hundred, right? What do you think would have happened there? Like the like the the entire barrier is the same thing, right? Because you just need like a thousand dollars on each side, right? But obviously, mm-hmm. the people that choose that route of just passive investing most likely going to make more money than you are over the long long term, right? When it comes to real estate, there is a barrier of entry, but in reality, there's a lot of people out there just fail and go bankrupt, right? But people don't really talk about that because they do it the wrong way. Also, I think everything yeah. has like and, and and the barrier of entry. I think the the better statistic would be like, hey. What percentage of day traders that basically have at least like 25K, like you do to like go through like the whole threshold or whatever, ask you're actually making money, right? And that would tell you more. But overall, when you're telling me, Tommy, I base my trades based on the software and this program and like this whole like like um formula, it's 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 kind of like it's gambling in a way. You know, when you look at it like that, because this is like software, not really basing on any like um like the valuation of a company. Like I said, it's not it's not it's not a g- the game I play because the odds are are not in your favor. Whether it's eighty percent or closer to sixty percent or fifty percent, I wouldn't want to flip a, like play a game with my money where it's like okay, I flip a coin, fifty I win, fifty I lose. You know, it's not what I would want to do. But I'm happy that again, you're a smart guy. So you're also, for example, investing into like um into like long ter- long term investing, and you also get into real estate. My one advice would be be careful with too much leverage. Okay. Like buying a lot yeah, of houses yeah. that that way with like a lot of leverage, a lot of debt. And then before you know, you have like a lot of income coming in, but something goes wrong. You don't have that anymore. If you have like a bad year in day trading, then that's messed up too. And if you quit your job while you're thinking that was going to go on forever and then you have a massive problem. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it could all come down. That's why also I did learn a valuable lesson with investing. That's why I'm, I'm very heavy with investing um, mm-hmm. because, you know, remember I said in 2016, I first started with investing. Then 2018, I went more into like trading. Um, and had I just kept the money in the stocks that I was investing in versus mm-hmm. trading, yeah, I made money trading, right? Mm-hmm. But had I kept investing, I would have had like a million dollar portfolio by now because I had mm-hmm. D&D. Yeah. Like, like I had I mean, D&D like, when it was like $1. Now, it's like mm-hmm. $25,000 in A&D five years ago would, would be like uh, over like $2 million right now. So like that's why like I, I use the day trading for active income, but just so I could grow like the investing because I, I learned a lesson that. Let me ask you a question. Term. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you when you say investment, what are you are you are you like stock picking, or are you like yeah. um investing into index funds and so on, or any ETFs? Like I'll be, both. I'll be both. I'll be like I'll like invest in like QQQ, which is like the um ETF for the Nasdaq, right? Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the S, uh, like Spy. Um, but I mm-hmm. also do like individual stock picking. Like I'll do like um like Tesla, Neo. Um. So if you have, for example, sixty k invested into like investment, like you say. What percentage is into like um just like um ETF like index fund investing and then percentage for example into like you stock picking? So uh it, it, like I I would have to see, that's why I want to create a software that could also track that. So um what you call it like I, I'm sure like uh, I think like what is it M1 Finance might be able to track that. Um but I like for for the investing I just have it in Robinhood right. So mm-hmm. it just tells me how much I have in like ETFs and mm-hmm. when it comes to like ETFs um let me tell you right now. Um, I'm literally just like 10% in uh, ETFs. Now, the reason like I, I don't go too heavy in ETFs is because I, I, I do think that they provide like the like the stability of like the 10 to like, you know, obviously last year was a lot of volatility. So, you know, even SPY, uh, S&P 500 did like, I think like 23%, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I do like the, I put more focus into the in, individual stocks just because 
um, you know, I was looking over the like the last 10 years, they always outperformed the S&P 500. Um, but again, that's because I'm not picking like just random penny stocks either. You know, I like I have like a criteria on like what I'm buying and I try to like uh, I, I'm like kind of have you heard of like ARK Invest? I kind of have like the same strategy as like that hedge fund manager where like I only like invest in like um, things that are very innovating. So I'm like I'm always like investing more into tech. Um, so, and like, you, you, yeah. you ever heard about the, the tech bubble like that happened in, um, in 2002, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, 2001. Yeah, or, yeah. Was it no? 2000. It was one of those years. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Uh, the, yeah, the problem. You know, the, I, the problem with investing based on on, on innovation is that you're also investing yeah. like a speculator because innovation is subjective, and you're usually gonna follow the herd. It sounds like I, now. Now it sounds like to me that you you might have for example you're closer to maybe like um like ninety ten like ninety percent into speculation and then ten percent into more actual investments. The only concern with that is like. Have you ever read the book um, Security Analysis by um, by David Dodd and Benjamin Graham? No, I haven't read that one, no. So when you're analyzing a company, are you basing it just on, I like this company, it's a good company, oh my gosh, it's growing so fast. Is that how you're picking the, 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 the stock? Or are you saying like, hey, I read, and be honest, okay, it's okay. Or for example, yeah, yeah. I read the 10K form, the 10Q form, I know the income statement, the balance sheet, I know every single detail about this company. I know the competition, I know the moth around it, I know the intrinsic value in case anything just does go wrong, whatever. Are you basically like that? Or are you just, for example, saying, I like Tesla, I like Neo, I'm gonna invest into it? So like, I don't take the fundamental like approach for investing just because, for example, like I, like, I do think that that's a good way to look at things, but the problem with that sometimes I see is like, we have things like luck and coffee, or, uh, where they had like, they were like fudging the numbers for like their, their statements, their balance sheet. Um, and so, like, I, like I just trade. I still use technical analysis, like it's for day trading, but for investing. So I'll just buy when things, you know, when I see that, you know, things hit the bottom and start mm -hmm. bouncing up. So, so like a technical approach to it. Um, but I do see, you know, why, you know, obviously why you would want to look into the, like the fundamentals of it. Um, see, you know, what's the competition for this. Um, so it's really just technical analysis and a little mm -hmm. mixture of like, do I like what they're doing? Do I see this industry? I mean, growing. if I if I told you I had a business, right, and it was for sale, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I told you everyone wants a piece of this business, would you say, okay, I want a piece of it too? Or would you say, like, hey, let me see what this business earns? What would you uh, be saying? I would have to like what the business does and see, like, the potential. Yeah, right? The so, it's, so it's the same thing with, like, the stock market. I think a lot of the times we get mixed up saying, like, okay, this is just, like, a, a company. It's, like, a little ticker symbol, but it's, like, a real actual company behind it, right? And it's not just, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, this is technical analysis. By the way, the way you're investing, there's a term for it. It's called castle in the sky terminology. It's basically castle. you invest in saying, for example, hey, this is going to go up because everyone else is doing it, but there's no foundation on it. It's very dangerous. Um, I recommend you read a book. It's called A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Um, and that book is going to a random walk down Wall Street. Okay, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. My goal is not to like have you say like, oh, you're doing such a bad. My job is to if I if, if I can look at myself when I was like 19 and I made so much money from like, like picking stocks and so on. But I was doing like a very weird job at it. The point is what you want to do when it comes to investing is have a system that works not just for like right now when the market is going up like crazy, but also works, for example, in the future. Like you said, okay, Tommy, I could have made so much money in AMD, but again, that would have been speculation because you could have also lost a ton of money. But if you said, Tommy, I could have made so much money because I saw this, 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 the company also made this much money. You know, like what you want to do is build a system around facts, not build a system around, I think. 
Mm-hmm. And also have a yeah. safety of margin. So read that book. Um, it'll be interesting, okay? And the thing is, bro, you're an entrepreneur. I can tell. So you're you have a lot of like um like spice to you. So if you have your job, you also visit to the into real estate market, and you're also like um you you have a lot of ideas. And you have the YouTube channel. Eventually, you'll be like very successful. So when that money comes along, what I don't want is for you to like have this money in weird places. And when things go, and by the way, I read this like newspaper. It was like from the 1900s, and it was basically uh-huh. like the like the top 50 companies back then. And none of those companies exist today. So what I'm exactly. saying is, a lot of the companies you see today saying like, oh, Tesla's a short thing, this is a short thing, this is a short thing. And in 50 years from now, like when you're like, you're 28 now, when you're like um, 78 or whatever, you'll still need money then, you know? And if your portfolio goes down to zero, or like you lose a ton of money, and you have no money for retirement, it's gonna be a problem. Got you, got you. That's that's my advice there. So so read that book, bro. I think I think it'll help you out a lot more than I can in just like um like forty six minutes worth of us talking. Okay. Got you, got you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me see that. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate this conversation, Justin. I had a lot of fun with this conversation. Okay, you're, you're a great guy. You too. You too, man. Cool, cool. Well, probably like when I uh you know blow up a little bit more on YouTube, we could probably you know collab or something. You know? We just did. We just did, bro. We just, did. We just did. Hey, man. <laughs> all right bro have fun man a great conversation have fun and just like um just just do the research on that okay be careful with the game you're playing yeah of course of course i'll look into that thank you man all right peace out peace all right guys so that right there was justin a day trader and a, an avid leverager you know and the game i play guys is never to look at someone and be like oh you're doing a terrible job justin i don't like you i don't think that you know it's all about strategy and all about what you're trying to do justin is only 25 years old like one year older than i am okay and he's doing a lot of big things you know like oh i'm, I'm day trading tommy i'm also picking stocks i'm doing this stuff but in reality picking stocks and day trading they're not part-time jobs they're literally full-time jobs right to analyze a company from its fundamental level it takes a long time and that's the only way to analyze a company when you basically invest with the castle in the sky theory where i think hey this company is going to do so good because I believe in it or whatever it is or innovation. The idea is that it's going to be very, very difficult to get ahead, especially when you're investing for 10, 20, 30 years. And the idea is, okay, I made some money this year, but what about the next 10 years and the next 20 years and the next 30 years? That's the whole idea. And by the way, there is a bias. It's called confirmation bias that people actually have where they find information that confirms whatever they're into. So like he said, Tommy, yeah, but you know, day trading is not that risky as a reality. You have a low entry of, of, of entration, whatever it is, right? But yeah, that, that's true. But you also have a low entry when it comes to just basically investing into a good portfolio that lasts a very long time. So long as you're there. When it comes to real estate, the entry level is not really that high. You have a good income like the average American does have. You put down 3.5% like the average person does do. But does that mean that's the best way to do it? The answer is no, obviously not, okay? My only advice would be this, okay? I would not day trade. I would not pick stocks unless I know from a fundamental level what I'm doing and I understand it. My advice would be, hey, if I bought this property at age 25 for 154, let me focus on using my income and also building my YouTube to actually learn a lot more and teach more people and make more money. Great. Use that income to pay off this property, build a solid emergency fund, and also consider having another side hustle to actually pay off this property even faster. That's the overall goal here. But And also investing in your retirement, for example, maxing out the Roth IRA. If you're going to get, for example, an SCP, or for example, if you want to get maybe like, you know, like have like your own LLC, 
hire yourself as an employee and basically do that for retirement also a possibility. But the point is you gotta invest in retirement the right way. He went from being like a 90-10 like I do, basically being a 10-90, where basically you put 10% into short things and then 90% to speculation because speculation right now is working. And that's what I am so scared of, okay? Does that make sense, guys, okay? I had a great conversation, awesome conversation, but overall, that is my opinion, that is my advice, and that's why I will not play this game. No day trading for me, no picking stocks, unless I'm the one doing. On top of I'm just like basically investing into my retirement, when I buy real estate, I buy it the right way and I'll keep making more and more money until then. That's the core idea. But I don't play games with coin flips. I flip the coin, I make money once, I lose everything the next time. I don't want to play a game where me losing means me starting at go again in Monopoly. That's not the game I want to play. Very, very dangerous stuff. But I'm happy I had this conversation. So exactly the psychology of a day trader. 